Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Money of M89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle. I'm Elliot Danker. It's now time for the bigger picture with Ryan Huang. And Ryan, we're really looking bigger picture this morning because, look, let's face it, all signs point to a difficult year ahead as far as economic growth is concerned. Yeah, that is the case for many places, including Singapore. And that is the outlook from the MAS, the Monetary Authority of Singapore, in its biannual macroeconomic review. It says, while economic growth will slow inflation, will remain high, partly because wage increases are expected to continue. The MS says that while global prices may come off their recent peaks, inflation will remain higher in 2023 than the historical average. What does that mean for investors? Let's unpack it with Sanjay Gulani, CIO for Silverdeal Capital. Morning Sanjay, how are you doing today? I'm fine, how about you? I'm doing great. Happy Friday, Sanjay. Let's talk about what's on the horizon, the picture of inflation. We've heard about how things may moderate. How much do you think inflationary pressures will moderate, Sanjay? Um, so if you look in terms of the headline inflation, it's already down from about 9% to close to about 8%. But you're pointing out that the core inflation is still sticky, which is primarily because of shelter and because shelter contributes almost one third of the core inflation. Now, good and not so good news is the property prices are down by almost 40% as compared to 2021, which is the fastest ever drop in last 11 years and typically takes about six to eight months for the property prices drop to manifest into lower rental. But as MS pointed out, the key problem, of course, is in terms of wages. So in terms of US, if you look in terms of openings per person, which is about two, has dropped down to almost 1.6, still much higher than historically we have seen it. So the key point there is, in terms of the consumer demand, it continues to be strong. And the balance sheets of consumers in US have excess of almost $1.2 trillion. Mm. <laughs> so a lot of you know headroom to go around there. And the banks have a very robust balance sheet. Uh, even the results, as you've seen, most of the banks have reported fantastic results. Uh, the loan-to-deposit ratio is 63. Uh, just to give you a flavor to you, in 2008, it was close to 90. So banks have a huge balance sheet to lend. So on a totality basis, because of the easing of the supply chains, etc., cetera, et cetera, uh, and of course, slowing down of the global GDP, we expect inflation to come down, but it will be above average for at least a year plus. Yeah, Sanjay, on some fronts, it does look like inflation might moderate. Does this mean that it might be time for central banks to start dialing back? Uh, we are already seeing some green shoots. So if, if you notice, like the, the Royal Bank of Australia hiked only by 25 pips against 50 pips expected. Bank of, of Canada was 50 against 75. And yesterday, ECB did 75 pips, but they also indicated that, you know, the peak would be not very far away and the market expectation has also come down. Uh, so from the totality basis, we do see certain amount of uh, watch and pause across there. Uh, Ryan, for, the, for me, the more important thing would be also uh, in terms of how they will tackle the politics of the rate hikes stroke a bit now in terms of the mm. rate cuts. And this is very important to keep in mind because uh, as we know, the, for example, UK received about 120 billion pounds sterlings from Treasury since 2009. And this year alone, they transfers 12 billion pounds sterling to Bank of England. Next year, we double. And if, if, if we were to do the same thing for US, we would have almost Four zero forty percent of all tax revenues going towards the the large SUV they had in the last few decades. So, 
from that point of view, in terms of the, the rate hike, uh, they have to be very, very careful. It will be very, very difficult to explain politically that 40% of tax which Ryan pays goes to it, you know, being, being the debt of the country. <laughs> yeah, it's a balancing act these days where you're trying to fight inflation, but try not to raise rates too much that will bring borrowing costs to a level that might hurt you know, companies. So that's a very tough one and you look at what's on the horizon, lots of politics, especially the US midterms coming up as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And looking at how bond yields have been moving, they have been by and large going up and we are looking at around 4% for the 10-year US Treasuries. How has that been affecting the stock markets and what can we expect in the coming months? See, the, uh, the increase in the interest rate basically means increase in the risk fear rate, right? And that is what contributes to the discount rate at which the cash flow from equities is, is taken care of, which basically means that higher interest rate means compression of the price earning ratio, which basically means the price of the equities would take a beating. And unfortunately, we, uh, given what we are seeing uh, from the guidance, which uh, the, most of the large corporates are giving, even the earnings under pressure. So we have a double whammy. Mm. We have the earnings under pressure and the PE compression. So for the equities, one has to be careful. On the contrary, as you point out correctly, the bond yields are, are very juicy. So from the fixed income point of view, of course, it looks more interesting. Yeah, it does look like on some fronts, bonds are actually looking more attractive than some equities. Is this a signal for investors to reallocate more to bonds in this case? Uh, absolutely. So this is one of the uh, you know first time last 12 years that we have seen the earning yields you know trailing the bond rates. And if you look in terms of the the bond market, uh, it seems to be the worst seems to be already done through. Mm. So in the first nine months, as you know was one of the first worst three quarters in 150 years, which indirectly also means the bond yields are one of the highest since, for example, 2008. I'll give you one example to explain this. I think this is the most important takeaway for the listeners today, which is if you look in terms of a three-year investment grid bond, today gives you about 6%, which means even if the interest rates were to further increase by 1%, the, the M2M loss would be about 3%, which basically means you're getting coupon higher than M2M loss. Mm. And the beauty of bond investment, of course, is that bonds, we enjoy the P2P, the pull-to-power effect. So even the M2M you know, loss which you're having will recover back. So from the investor point of view, if you're getting 6% sort of thing for a three-year IG bond, it's brilliant returns by all standards. Yeah, Sanjay does uh, paint a very attractive picture to look at fixed income right now. So if we want to look at some of the opportunities out there, where should we be taking a closer look? I think for most of the investors, it will be best to focus on the short duration because you're anyway getting fantastic yields, uh, much relatively lower risk. And of course, you can always recycle the investments. For sophisticated investors, it would be a good idea to lock in the yields, the fantastic yields, you know. It's good to lock in for a longer period. And of course, if they can, it makes sense to lock in the leverage, something which we at Silverdale has been doing for the last more than a decade. So it makes a fantastic carry for most of the investors. One interesting thing which I want to highlight is this is one of the rare times where we have seen the emerging market local yields to be lower than US dollar bond yields. Very, very exceptional. In 30 years of my professional careers, I've seen less than, less than a handful of times. So from that point of view, it makes tremendous sense to pocket free profits, given that the, the US dollar bonds of the same companies would give you a higher return than local currency bonds in many of these instances. 
Mm, emerging markets could be a place to look for as well as short duration. We've been chatting with Sanjay Gliani. He is the CIO for Silverdeal Capital. Sanjay, thanks for your time and have a great weekend in advance. Thank you very much. May you and your listeners also have a great weekend again. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to the full interview, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.